Say it out loud with me. Say, thank you, Lord. You are good to me. Right here. Right now. You're good to me. You are good to us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. He is in us. He is here today. Working in. Working among us. Working through us. Thank you. We worship you. We honor you above everything else. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. We seek first your kingdom, your righteousness. We seek you, Lord, your will, your plan, your glory. May it be manifest in us, in this house, at this time. May this place be a bright a very bright shining light that goes out into the world work in and work through us be glorified and magnified in us today we exalt you with everything we know we praise your name hallelujah <laughs> glory to God glory to God Father, we worship you, we adore you, we magnify you. <laughs> Glory to God, you are so good. Your mercy endures forever. Great is your love, great is your kindness and faithfulness towards us. We acknowledge you. We acknowledge every good and perfect gift and every blessing that comes from above. We acknowledge all that we are and all that we have in Christ. We thank you for this abundant, this abundant new life that we live in together. Oh, thank you, Lord. We praise you. We magnify you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. You know, you know the Lord is, is quite pleased when we do things together. Meaning we're going the same way at the same time, same purpose, same goal. He is quite delighted when His people uh, worship Him um, there's something in the scripture, you know, about um, a bit about being in unity, about doing things as one. Uh, you recall the day of Pentecost, of course. Uh, everybody knows that verse. If you don't, you should learn that verse. Uh, when it says they were all with one accord in one place, right? Not only they were not just in one place, but they were in one accord in one place. It's one thing for us to be in the same building at the same time. That's valuable. That's important. But it's another thing for us to be in one accord in one place. And when we are in one accord in one place, we set the stage for a mighty rushing wind. We are in the place where the atmosphere can be filled with Him. With a very manifest glory of God Himself can come in and there's nothing hindering. I mean, why wouldn't He? I mean, why wouldn't He do everything He wants to do? Why would He hold back to any degree all that He is when His people are calling on His name with sole purpose, with one goal, with one desire, and that that is just to glorify Him and be who He has created us to be. And when you and I will lift our voice by our choice, whether we feel like it or not, say, Jesus is going to be glorified in my life and in this house. And I don't know if God can help Himself, but He starts to move and manifest among us and do great things that He wants to do. We are like a beacon, like a bright shining light that goes out in the Spirit. And I tell you, the devil is nervous. <laughs> I tell 
say people don't know it, but they ought to get nervous. Because the glory of God manifests when people get together in that place. You know, even Jesus himself taught that when two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in their midst. Amen. It doesn't, I said, what do you mean there he is? I thought God was everywhere. And I thought God was with individuals. Obviously, this is in a magnified way. This is in a measure that is increased beyond a personal anointing. It goes into a corporate anointing. Hallelujah. And if we could get two or three, glory to God. But what if we could get two or three hundred? What if we could get two or three thousand? What if we could get more people who will gather, not in their own name, with their own agenda, with their own thing in mind, but with God's purposes in mind? He alone be magnified. Then I tell you, nothing can stop this mighty moving force. Nothing shall be hindered or nothing shall be held back from those who would, who would worship and glorify Him today. Amen, amen. I tell you, those who have struggled to get their healing in that atmosphere, they'll get it easy. And I tell you, it's always easy on God's side and it's always available. But there's something we can do corporately that creates an atmosphere for those who are weak to be strengthened. For those who are lost to be found. Amen. For those who are confused to come into a greater revelation and knowledge of God's will and plan. We can do this, you guys. We can create an atmosphere by our choice because God is not holding back the floodgates. God is not the one keeping himself at bay or in limited manifestation. He is looking for people who will come together for his purpose and his plan. And then, then he gets to do what he's wanted to do the whole time. Amen. Amen. There is no lack of desire on the part of God. I know, I know sometimes when we speak about or different ones speak about the gifts of the Spirit, there is a, in my opinion now, there is an overemphasis on whether the Spirit, that you can only have gifts when the Spirit wills, right? The Scripture does say that they're distributed as He wills, but sometimes there's an overemphasis, almost leaving the impression that we really want God to move, we want to hear from heaven, we want signs and wonders, and we want miracles, we want revelations, we want, uh, you know, visions and all this kind of stuff, but God just doesn't really want it that much. And if we could only convince Him to give us more, if we could only convince Him to do more, I tell you, it's just the opposite. It's just the opposite. There's no lack of desire or willingness on God's part to move. You think He doesn't love the lost more than we do? You think He doesn't want the healed or the sick healed more than we do? I tell you, He wants it so much more. That's why we are told in that very same part of the Bible in 1 Corinthians, we are told to desire spiritual gifts. Not you, not you, not... We are told to desire. We, the church, are told to desire spiritual gifts. What does my desire have to do with anything? Apparently a lot more than we thought. And our desire, together, in a unified fashion, moves the heart of God to manifest and do what He wanted to do the whole time. I think sometimes maybe we don't realize that the Spirit of God is limited when one person goes this way, another person goes this way. When other person's thinking one way, another person's thinking another. But we get on the same page, hallelujah, hallelujah, then, then oh, God, I tell you, good things happen. Amen, amen. Everybody okay? Thank you, Lord. I'm just convinced that God loves it when we worship Him together. And He loves it when we're going in the same direction at the same time. And we see that all through the Scripture about how things are, how things are to be, uh, you know, 
unified and we are to be one. Um, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're taught in the scripture, you could read Romans chapter 12 and different places, how we, there, is a many, there are many different parts of the body of Christ. There are, there are differences in the sense of giftings and callings, or we could say graces. But, uh, you know, the world gets all this stuff wrong so many times, and we've got to watch that we don't adapt to their mentality. You know, when the world talks about diversity, they're so stupid. I'm sorry, I meant to say that in a nice way. They're not as smart as they ought to be, because all the emphasis gets put on outward things. All the emphasis gets put on the, the skin tones a person has. And who really cares? How many know that makes zero difference in God's kingdom? Zero difference. Well, what we need, it, 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 as far as diversity, there's diversities of tongues. <laughs> they all sound different. But there are also diversities of gifts and operations. There are different manifestations. And this is where we are one. We all worship the same God. We worship at the same time and say some of the many same things. We have the same grace poured out towards us. And we have different callings. And it's when those different gifts merge together that an explosion happens. When you're operating like you are and I'm operating like I am, I am and you're doing what you're supposed to do, amen. And, now, and we're not, and we, we all tempted at times to look at each other and say, man, I wish I could do that like he does. Look, I, look, I could do that like she does. And, 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 and we're tempted to look at other people and compare ourselves and judge ourselves in the light of someone else's calling and gift. And, and that's just a distraction. Amen. The enemy wants to constantly get us to be dissatisfied with our own place because we're staring at someone else's place. We become comfortable in our own grace and our own gift and start functioning in that. I tell you, we, we can work together as one unified family. Amen. There is a diversities of gifts and so forth, different graces and various gifts. But we're all functioning in our place and God begins to do something that, I don't know, like a tapestry thing weave together and all of a sudden we're just flowing and moving and, and it's just a wonderful thing. And God really wants it to be this way. Amen. No person's left out or no person's insignificant. I know some parts of the body will be seen more. They'll be, uh, you know, because vocal gifts obviously need to be heard, <laughs> right? Uh, and other gifts are not so much that way. And But, you know, the Scripture teaches us to give greater honor to the lesser seen and so forth. And, and if we recognize that, we all have a significant role, a part to play in what God wants to do. And, and I tell you, let me just say this. I, I, maybe I'll hand it back to you in a second. <laughs> uh, this is almost strange, almost, almost odd for me to say, but understand where I'm coming from when I say this. I know my role here, and I recognize my place. And I, I, and I recognize that my place is only a part of the big picture. I'm not saying that as, a, as an attempt at humility. I really believe it. I really believe there are manifest, multiplied, multiplied gifts and diverse giftings among us, and they're all needed. Okay? I, I do know my role. So, uh, in saying that, um, I really believe that we should be thankful for this house. I believe we should 
and I say we, that means you, that means me, we should be thankful, expressively thanks, thankful for what God is doing here. That's not to lower what God is doing anywhere else. It's just, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying we ought to be grateful for what God is doing here. This is a special and a unique calling and, and gift. It's a gift from God to the world. It's a gift of God to the Treasure Valley and beyond. What we're a part of right here, this is not the idea of man. It's not something we thought up. It's not something a few people are smart enough to pull off. It is something divinely ordained in the mind of the great architect, the Father, who is the planner, who everything proceeds from. It came out of His heart. This is the plan of God. Hallelujah. Don't think He doesn't have His eye on it. I remember many years, quite a few years ago, we were building a house. Anybody ever built a house? Or, you know, had a house built. We don't actually swing the hammers. It wouldn't be straight. <laughs> or finished. <laughs> but we were building a house. And it almost seems still, almost seems embarrassing. But how many times did we go out there and look at it? Like every day. It's whenever we were doing something, hey, let's swing by the house again. And a lot of days it's like, they didn't do anything. <laughs> but we're checking on it. Why? This is what we're building. This is what we're going to live in. This is, this is, you know, we're pouring everything we own into this. We're checking it out. Don't think for a moment that, that the Lord is not actively engaged. Remember, you know this. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I know that's the church at large around the globe, but the way he does that is he builds local churches, right? This is a, this is a part of what God has ordained. And because of that, he's pulling in here quite regularly to check on things. He checks on it every day after he has lunch, <laughs> swings by in the evening, Amen. On his way to work, he comes by. You know what I'm talking about? And, and, and in the book of Revelation, it talks about Jesus walking in the midst of, this, of the candlesticks, which were the churches. And, uh, and the Lord walks in our midst, and he sees how things are going. He sees how we're doing. And he's given us, I'm, I'm confident, he has given us continually direction, instruction, correction, Fixing things, straightening things, improving things. Why? Because it's a part, it really is. It's a part of his master plan. And if this is a part of his master plan, he's got, he's got the whole globe in mind. I'm glad I don't have to figure the whole thing out. Right? Just do what he said, tells us to do. But he's got us in mind. You know what that also means? He's got you in mind. He's got you in mind. Why? Because you're a part of it. Varying to get, varying to varying degrees, different gifts, different people are a part of what God wants to do. Amen. I want to encourage you, don't let anything get in your way. Don't let anything hinder you from, uh, first of all, realizing and acknowledging that you are a, 
a real part, an active part, and a, an essential part of what God is doing. Amen. And then don't let anything hinder you in, uh, from the role of accomplishing something, of doing it. You know how uh, sometimes people get in the mode. People get in the mode of uh, praying about what God wants them to do year after year. Year after year. I don't mean in a constant state where we're always listening to Him. But I mean in the sense of being idle. There goes another year. There goes another year. There passes another one. Tick-tock, tickety-tock, life is going away. And they're waiting. They're waiting. Wait, well, just kind of waiting on the Lord. See what He wants us to do. Giddy up and get doing anything. At that, why, why do you say anything? Well, I only say that from the standpoint of if, if I've been waiting, 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 that's not working, working, working. And so I need a new strategy to get in the right place so God can move amongst us and in us and I become a part of the flow, not a hindrance to it. Amen. 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 We, 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 were, we were looking at the, 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 the rain gutter with the spout. I said, look at all those wasps going up in there. Is that what they are? Wasps, those? Yeah. They build that little nest. I'm thinking, they're probably building a nest in there. And when it rains, it's going to get clogged up. I don't want to be that nest. <laughs> I don't want you to be clogging us up. <laughs> Amen. Because this is a part of God's house. This is the Lord's house that He is building. And you and I have a central role in that. Let's not get in the way. Amen. I like to encourage people, at very minimum, worst on your worst day, be in neutral. At least the rest of us can push you. Never, ever, ever be in park. And especially don't be in reverse. If you're in reverse, I'm praying you out of here. I mean that in a nice way, of course. See ya. <laughs> now, I don't want that. I mean, I want you out. I mean, I want you to get into drive with the rest of us. But let's go somewhere together. Amen. Amen. So no division. No, 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 no. On the day of Pentecost, they were not all in the same room, and one was complaining about the temperature. And one said, open the window. And the other one was talking about the sound. And another, another person was talking about, who put you in charge? And another, How many know, there wouldn't have come the sound of a rushing mighty wind. And if they... If it did, it would have knocked them all over and <laughs> until they got it figured out. They had to get on the same page and elevate the higher purpose for what they were doing. Right? So why were they there? Because Jesus told them. They focused on what Jesus said. He said, I want you to wait. Stay there. Wait for the promise of the Father. And whenever we have a word from the Lord, that's what we unify on. That's how we all take our different gifts and our different abilities and our different callings and say, now let's all take them and work on this. And when we do that, amen. So what can we, I tell you what we can always do with all, no matter who we are, where we, what in any way we're different, we can always worship the Lord together. 
discipline your mind, turn the phone off. And worship the Lord and He moves in our midst. We can always have our goal to do the basics of what Jesus said. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. Make disciples of all nations. And we can actively say, okay, what part, maybe I'm not an evangelist, but what part of that is mine? But we're all thinking, how can I use my tools, my graces to accomplish that? And we're all going the same direction. We create a mighty tidal wave. Amen, amen, amen. So know this, know this, that the Lord delights in this gathering. He delights, and I say, again, I say, I think you understand my heart when I say this. I'd rather have someone else say it. But He delights in this work. And He's active and continually being uh, glorified in our midst. And He will continue adding to us and increasing us in, in knowledge, in revelation, and in moving us into the right place at the right time. I, I'm believing for... and I. I why, I wouldn't even think of this, except for God. I'm, I'm believing for great manifestations of God's glory. Where, where there's not a, you know, you know, a Sunday mornings having services and there's not a sinner in the house that can leave this place until they get saved. There's not a sick person in the, people come in, but not a sick person leaves. Because everyone gets it in the glory of God's presence. Why can't we have it? God has done that before. He's done that many times. And not just in the ministry of Jesus. Those are contemporary moves of God that are just mind-blowing. Amen. And since we're a part of His great plan, thank you, Lord, what will stop us from moving into His best? Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Pastor Mickey's leading this service tonight, so I'm not going to say much. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> okay, we'll be done in five more minutes. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> sure is good to have you <laughs> here in church tonight, Pastor Mark. <laughs> Praise the Lord. No, I just, I've got some things in my heart, but I'm going to go with what fits here. And uh, not <laughs> I, I refuse to oversee in the service or not at your delegation. I refuse to plan a message right, and come try to give a sermon on a Wednesday night, right? It's just what what's right for the moment. And I can tell you, I'll, I'll just springboard off of this. And um, I'm going to go to Philippians chapter 3. As soon as this opens up. Um. Thank you, Lord. Let me say this. One of the things that was on my heart in coming tonight was that you're all I want. God, Jesus, you are all I want. 
Do you know, I assume that probably the greater majority of us could relate to this of when, and I'll just say in my own life, I remember when I was nine years old, praying, standing on the back porch, I don't want to say praying, but sort of praying, wishing something. And I uh, could still sort of see that to where it just like had a little birthday cake. And uh, I remember praying. And, you know, my parents said, okay, make a wish. And it was silent to myself. They didn't have a clue. I'm just like, and I just praying to the best of my knowledge, like, God, help us to be better Christians. And then we weren't Christians at all. <laughs> We go to church on Christmas and Easter and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and then, you know, I asked my mother, I said, well, how do you get right with Jesus? And she's like teaching me the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So I learned that about 10 years old and prayed that for a couple of years. And she had told me that, you know, when you, you'll be fine until you're 12, because that's the age of accountability. <laughs> all right. Okay, thank you. I'll take your word for it. I'm glad I didn't get in a car wreck and die and go to hell. <laughs> Where's Amy? I hear Amy laughing. There's Amy. Yeah, I knew, I knew that laugh. But we had a small group with them one time, life group. <laughs> it's like her laugh. Uh, but yeah, so, so on July, uh, Friday, July the 8th, I turned, uh, in 1977, I turned 12 on Friday, and then the preacher's preaching. I remember what he's preaching on, but came time for the altar call. Then July 10th, that Sunday morning, I raised my hand and went down and got saved, got born again. But you know, <clears throat> during those times, right, during the early years of our life, it's quite simple, in a sense, to where Jesus, you're all I want. It's all I want. Walking through those tender years as a 12-year-old, 13, 14, then getting filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking with other tongues. Going to the Spirit-filled Bible studies, then going over to my Baptist friends' Bible studies. And they had about a dozen of these that were speaking in tongues. They had these other Bible these other Bible studies where all the little cute Baptist girls were and all that. i got to quit talking about that, right? You guys are going get, to get ideas about me, especially my wife, right? But... <clears throat> There's some ten- tenderness in there, right? And it's like sometimes, uh, you know, I-, I remember just walking with God and, and um, I, wasn't, I wasn't committed enough to follow what was in my heart to go to Oral Roberts University, which I had in my heart as an 18-year-old. But I'm like, I think I've already shared this before. If I know if I, if I saw that scene, if I'm going to the University of Mississippi with all of my fraternity friends and all that, that is not going to get me any closer to God. So I joined the Marine Corps, right? So, yeah, um, you laugh, you laugh, but it, for me, it, it, it worked out pretty good for for eighty ninety percent of the time. And then, uh, yeah, and because I got hooked up with a little tongue talking church there in uh, Oak Harbor, Washington, got discipled by a guy, and uh, walking in the tenderness of those years, and then I turned twenty one and around a bunch of Marines in San Francisco. And it's like, okay. And then we, they took me to my first club or whatever, you know, and just doing that scene for a little bit. And uh, But then coming back to the Lord, 
after about a nine-month prodigal journey and saying, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. All I want to do, all I want to do is just, because I remember during those years sitting in a, the, my apartment with the, the heathen friend, good guy, good guy, but I was, had an apartment with him, and I remember looking out the window, and I wasn't suicidal, right? But I remember having the first time a thought ever go through my mind ever was like, what's the point? Was why even go on? Why even live? And I realized then, man, something is really wrong with me because I don't think that way. I don't think that way. So I came back to God, right? Gave Him my all, laid it down on the altar, and went to Bible college. Like some of you are doing, some of you have done, some of you will do, and then some of you won't do, and that's fine, right? Peter, James, and John, they followed the Lord. They didn't go to Ramah. They didn't go to Life Bible College. They loved Jesus as they were, and they walked with God, right? Uh, but the point I'm trying to work at, work at and get, get over here is that how do, we, how do we stay in that place to where you are all I want? Because I don't know about you, but my journey through the years, I'm 54 years old now, and I've said before, it does, in a sense, you have no idea how much joy in moments that this does to think that, man, that my feet are here in Life Church. I remember years ago in 2007 when we were praying about coming out here and praying about moving here and helping Pastor Mark and Amy and being in the church here. One of the main, not the main, but one of the big things on my plate was, hmm, I know him, I know them, and I know that my family, my daughters will grow up in a church that knows God and that God is manifested in His presence in a real tangible way and not just theory. And uh, I tell you what, uh, we moved here when Aubrey was, what, nine, I think, eight Kaylee was about one and a half. Kaylee was giving the offering, little message over here, in the youth tonight, um, in, the, in the youth room. Aubrey had her first day of starting an internship with Life Bible College here. She's been to Africa a couple times, been to Mexico a couple times. Just, you know, and this it's just, and my wife is just moving and flowing in what she has in her heart. And it's just such a blessing to be there. Uh, Having said that, all of that can be wonderful. And yet in the midst of it all, does it still mean that my heart or our heart is in the place? And I'm not trying to, you know, doom and gloom and doubt and unbelief. But like, how do we keep our heart in that place of, Lord, you're all I want. You're all I want. Because there's different things, and I'll jump off of this. This is what Pastor Mark was talking about a while ago. One of the one of the things, and maybe this is not a big deal to you, uh, but I would say this, and I've had this come up on my heart, and I didn't know how, I, how and I still don't know at this moment how we're going to say some, some things about that. But you know, I believe that God wants this house, this place, when it comes to diversity. Right? And diversity of gifts, and then diversity among natural things. I believe God wants this place to be a house where Jesus is seen above all. 
and where there's a love of God that's so radiant and permeated about us to where there is people from different, every like the Bible talks about nation, tongue, and tribe, and different races and such forth. And at the forefront of us is that, you know what? We all bleed the same color, and Jesus Christ is Lord of our lives. You know, I grew, I grew up in, in Mississippi, I remember growing up in Mississippi as a kid, and I remember, and this is 19, you know, I mean, this is back in the days, right, to where, uh, to where is um, early 70s, driving up the hill on my bicycle and at the truck stop and seeing the little signs, you know, about this, this race is only allowed on this side, and this is only allowed on this side. And this is after, you know, civil rights and things going on. But uh, and, and it's supposed to be having some freedom there, right? But there was still some some oppression and things that were going on. But you know what, Paul? Let me jump on this scripture here, and we'll keep talking about that for just a moment. But Paul said that uh, in Philippians chapter two, he I'm sorry, chapter three, and then verse three, he says, and I'm reading from the Amplified in verse three. He says he he says he put no confidence or dependence on what we are in the flesh and on outward privileges and physical advantages and external appearances. And he goes on to say, though for myself, I have at least grounds to rely on the flesh. Then verse 5, he starts expounding on that. And he says, circumcised when I was eight days old. Again, this is from the Amplified. It says, of the race of Israel. Uh, and not only of the race of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, right? So all of these things were meaningful from a natural worldly standpoint, so to speak. A Hebrew or, and the son of Hebrews, as to the observance of the law, I was of the party of the Pharisees. As to my zeal, I was a persecutor of the church and by the law's standard of righteousness, I was proven to be blameless and no fault was found in me. And then verse 7 says, But whatever former things I had that might have been gains to me, I have, tom- I have come to consider as one combined loss for Christ. And I count everything a loss compared, goes on talking about to the privilege, right, of knowing Him. Knowing Christ, knowing not only Him, but the fellowship, uh, the, the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings. But what I want to highlight here is that Paul was talking about a lot of natural things that were related, that we could say were related to, to natural diversity, if you will, race and creed and this and that. And, uh, and he said, you know what? I count all of that as one combined loss. To know Christ. You know, you know who he was sent to? He was a Jew. He was a, a, a Pharisee. He was sent to Gentile people. He was sent to people that his buddies and all the Jews w- would give him grief about. But with boldness and with the love of Christ, he took the stand and said, You know what? Just sort of like what Pastor Mark said earlier, like, that's all stupid. And I say that, you know, sometimes just because the field I work in, in clinical psychology, I mean, there is very a heightened awareness 
of some of these issues. I mean, in a very, very big way. And some of it's healthy. And in some of it, I just think, man, Lord, we're creating more division than, uh, than is helpful. And, and, and being a white American male, right, I try to be careful just not to assume my own knowledge on someone else. And at the same time, when it's time to speak from the Scripture, it's like, that's stupid. <laughs> And I'm not, and, and believe me, I promise, because I know, I know, we, we, this ain't no political message, okay? It's not my place. I don't want that. I don't like that anyway. But I know, you, I know I'm sure there's people conservative politically in here, more liberal, some, right? In, in different parties, maybe not. Maybe <laughs> not. Um, where was I going with that thought? Lord, help me. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> I can hook back in with this. <clears throat> you know, I grew up. We were talking about the point was is stupid, being respectful, but but sometimes calling the devil. You you do remember in Ephesians chapter six, right, where it says we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities, power. Wicked spirits in heavenly places. If you want to see that working, all you got to do is turn on the news. You go to this network, this network, and this network, and all they're doing is making a bunch of racket. And years ago, I sort of enjoyed watching the news. But I came to a point and said, my Lord, I can't, I cannot do this. I still, you know, check in here and there. But most of the time afterwards, I'm feeling like, oh, oh. I'm not feeling closer to God right now. I'm just feeling a bunch of mess. And you know why I'm feeling a bunch of mess? Because I'm hearing and seeing a bunch of mess. Therefore, I believe we have a calling and we have an opportunity to show the light and to show difference and, and, to, and, to, and to represent a different um, thing to the world. Because I know for years, you know, I just part of my own testimony, uh, and I mean this with all of my heart. I, you know, I do live in Idaho. There's not tons of, I mean, I mean, there's more diversity <laughs> that has people moving in here. But, you know, I've always had something in my heart for African-American people, you know, ever since I was a kid. I always got along very well. I lived in the deep south. You want to talk about prejudice or racism and things like that, right? But I lived in the deep south and... uh I had I had friends that were African American friends. But, you know, we we know the word. I mean, I'd say you know the the N word or whatever. You know what my friends call me? That's what they call me, the N lover, right? You know, because hey, I was friends with everybody. I loved everybody, and I was representing Jesus. I'm like, you can be stupid if you want to. I'm going to walk in love because these people are no different than these people over here, and it's not them and us. It's a, no, it's it's us. It's us. And so I grew up that way. And um, I've had that in my heart. And that goes for other races as well. As far as, you know, walking in love. All of us, one toward another. But I tell you what, sometimes it seems today that sometimes I have in my mind and when I see uh, the, the the climate of the earth today in our nation. Sometimes I see African American and people, and instead of used to before, where or and it's not just African American, but I'm just saying for my 
personal. I'm very, I mean, I'm very transparent with you. I would see folks, and I'm like, hey, cool, what's going on? But now, you know what? The thought that comes to my mind is like, hmm, I wonder if they think I'm racist. <laughs> I wonder if they think I don't like them. And I just want to know you. And I'm like, particularly younger people. And, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I lived in Mississippi. I went to a church for a while. The pastor was African-American, you know, in the deep south. Uh, in, in, uh, you know, in, 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 uh, when I got out of Rama and, and went back to Mississippi, uh, three of my closest friends were African-American guys, and we did a lot of stuff together. One of my groomsmen was an African-American guy. You know, it wouldn't make a hill of beans a difference if my daughters married someone of a different race. And, I, and, and you know why? It's because similar to Paul, I count all that as one combined loss and ignorance gone to seed and stupidity, right? Um, as far as any opportunity for those things to create division. And, um, and so, um, you know... I would say if there's, well, anyway, yeah. Praise the Lord. So can we trust God? Trust God to where He is our all and that we walk in love. We walk in peace and walk in love with one another and be a different light and not allow the, the powers and the principalities that be that try to create division and, and, and hatred and spew in evil and lies that that be not what rules our heart. And that we take every opportunity to treat stupid as stupid <laughs> and that we shine the light of God and the love of God in that. Amen. Uh, so so that's one, that's one uh, we'll stop here in just a moment. That's one thing, you know, that, believe it or not, yeah, that's one thing that could <clears throat> keep um, keep the Lord from being your all in all. Keep the Lord from being all in all in our midst. But we give no place to that. Amen. And He is our Lord. He's our all in all. And uh, we want to keep it that way. And we're out of, we want to keep, we'll just keep going for time's sake. <clears throat> Try to expound on things that could <clears throat> keep us from that. Uh, you know, the race, the whole race thing wasn't even in my, you know, what I was even thinking about earlier. But you said that. I know that had come up in my heart before. And so it just seemed, <clears throat> seemed good to encourage us to make that difference on that. I believe I.